Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Criminalia, where it's pirate season. We're continuing to explore the lives and motivations of some of the most notorious freebooters throughout history. I'm Maria Tremarki. And I'm Holly Fry. And we recently talked about Steve Bonnet, who was a wealthy landowner who ditched it all for a life of piracy. And while no one is 100% certain why Bonnet decided to become a pirate, he was not the only aristocrat to turn his back on his life for instead a life of plundering the high seas. Jeanne de Clisson is another noble-turned-pirate. She was born Jeanne-Louise de Belleville, Dame de Montaigu, the daughter of Maurice IV of Belleville-Montaigu and Letice de Partenay in Belleville-sur-Vie, Belvigny, France, in 1300. Her family had ruled in the area for hundreds of years. When her father, the family's last male heir, died in 1303, Jeanne, who was just three years old at the time, became the last surviving member of the noble family. 
Her story begins not unlike many other women born into 14th century wealthy families. When she was 12 years old, she was married to 19-year-old Geoffrey de Chateaubriand, the heir to one of the key defensive estates in the region. While marriage at 12 may be shocking by today's standards, it was, as we've said before, not really a rare occurrence at this point in time. During the Middle Ages, couples were allowed to marry without parental consent as long as they had hit puberty, and puberty was generally considered age 12 for girls and 14 for boys. And if you were royal or part of the aristocracy, where strategic alliances were very common, you may have married even younger. Jeune and Geoffrey were not married for love. Jeanne and Geoffrey had two children, a daughter, Louise, and a son, Geoffrey, who both would one day inherit the family's massive estates. But in 1326, Geoffrey, to be clear, the elder, not the son, died of causes that we actually can't verify. So as a young widow with two children, Jeanne now found herself in control of a group of lordships just south of the Breton border. Two years later, she remarried to Guy of Pentièvre of the House of Pentièvre. While some sources suggest that the marriage ended when Jeanne met the love of her life, it's also reported that her in-laws, in an effort to protect their heritage and property, lodged a grievance with the Catholic Church to end this union. Either way, according to papal records, in February of 1330, Pope John XXII annulled Jeanne and Guy's marriage. And that meant that it was then invalid in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Just a few months later, on April 30th, 1330, Jeanne sought a dispensation from the Holy See to marry Olivier de Clisson. So what's the Holy See? The Vatican city-state is the seat of the Catholic Church, and it's the headquarters of the Holy See. The Holy See is the government basically, of the Roman Catholic Church. Think of it as the church's diplomatic arm. And it's the Pope who exercises authority over both the Vatican city-state and the Holy See. Asking for a marriage dispensation was asking the church to overlook a Catholic law in order for a marriage to be considered valid. That could have been as simple as asking for permission for a Catholic to marry a non-Catholic or perhaps marry a person who had not been baptized. So, enter Olivier de Clisson. Olivier was a wealthy Breton holding Chateau de Clisson, a manor house in Nantes, and lands at Blaine. If you remember, when she was widowed, Jeanne inherited land south of the Breton border, and their combined assets essentially made them a 14th century power couple. Jeanne and Olivier were an exception to many marriages at the time as well. Not because of their power or combined wealth, although that was formidable, but instead because they were in love. The couple went on to have five children. Two of their children, Maurice and Guillaume, passed away very early in their lives. Their son, Olivier, who was nicknamed the Butcher for his brutality in battle, and his sisters, Isabeau and Jeanne, would survive until adulthood. Just when everything seems to be going along fine, we all know that can't last. War broke out. The best way to describe what was going on here is that there was a war, the Hundred Years' War, then a second war, the War of Breton Succession, which was an important conflict within the Hundred Years' War. The Hundred Years' War, for a little context here, was fought between England and France. It lasted from 
May of 1337 to October of 1453, which, with some quick math, actually makes the joke, how long was the Hundred Years' War? Not so obvious. (laughs) It lasted 116 years, four months, three weeks, and four days. The War of Breton Succession began four years after this whole thing began, so in 1341, and it ended in 1365. While it may seem like an internal matter for France, England definitely had a stake in it. We'll talk more about that in just a bit. Both of the conflicts began for similar reasons. An heir, or specifically, the lack thereof. We're going to take a break here for a word from our sponsor. When we return, we will be talking about why dying without an heir could turn into a war. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash that's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. 
pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back to Criminalia. Before we can talk about the catalyst for Jin's turn to piracy, first, we need to talk about war. In 1328, King Charles IV of France died without a male heir to the throne. We make that distinction of male heir because when Charles died, he left behind a young daughter and a pregnant wife. Here is the problem. Charles IV needed to follow Salic law, which means that females were excluded from the line of succession to a throne. Salic law was a legal code, first issued some time between the years 507 to 511. It contained a list of offenses and their fines. It also included civil law decrees, such as a line of succession enactment. Now, if that unborn child that was still in the mix when he passed, was a male, he would, without question, succeed the throne. But the baby born after Charles's death was a girl whom they named Blanche, and who would later become Duchess of Orléans. That meant Charles's successor was left to the nobles. Let's fast forward a few years to 1337. England and France went to war over who had the right to rule France a fight that not only questioned the legitimate heir to the French throne, but also included conflicts over English territorial possessions in France, among other problems, of course. Brittany, where Jeanne and Olivier called home, became a key focal point in the Hundred Years' War for both of the two powers. Both King Edward III of England and King Philip VI of France had their eyes on the region as the position between England and France that could offer a strategic advantage. They both knew it could be an advantage to either power, though. But what we're most interested in here is the War of Breton Succession. This war changed Jeanne's life. And the war began when Duke John III of Brittany, also known as John the Good of Brittany, died childless. And here we go again. There is no heir. After his death, his half-brother, Jean de Montfort, contested and claimed that he was the rightful heir. 
But so did Charles de Blois, who was not related through blood, but was the husband of the late Duke's niece. It's all very complicated, but basically everyone wants a little piece of power. Montfort was backed by Edward III of England. De Blois and his wife, Jeanne de Pontièvre, had the support of Philip VI, John II, and Charles V of France. You may recognize that name, the House of Pontièvre, from earlier when we talked about Jeanne's second husband and their annulment. This was a prominent family. That's why they're making moves here. The contested heir to the throne problem is what kicked off the War of Breton Succession. Olivier and Jeune, like many nobles at the time, were afraid that they could lose their land and their other holdings to the English if England's choice for heir was victorious. Those with money favored Charles de Blois as Duke of Breton. In 1342, Olivier took on the role of one of Charles's military commanders, siding with the French against the English-backed claimant. But during the campaign, rumors swirled that Olivier was actually an English sympathizer, that he had turned sides. Okay, the real rumors were actually just swirling in one man's head, but that was enough because that man was Charles de Blois, and he questioned whether or not Olivier had intentionally given up Vannes when the English besieged it in 1342. But as usual, when we're talking about events from nearly 700 years ago, accounts can differ on the exact details. For instance, the reason for this growing distrust. A few accounts claim that Olivier had defected to the English side, but there isn't much more detail to that. Almost all accounts suggest it wasn't until he was captured in battle that his loyalty was actually questioned. And specifically, it was the amount of his ransom that caused Charles to raise an eyebrow. Why was the amount so low? Clearly, that had to mean that Olivier must be conspiring with the King of England, right? So we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, we will talk about how Olivier de Clisson was accused of being a traitor. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Good 
good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Welcome back to Criminalia. Now, let's talk about why Jeanne wanted revenge against the French and what she did about it. So we have Olivier captured on the battlefield and imprisoned by the English. And as probably comes as no surprise, we have two versions of his imprisonment. One version suggests that he was imprisoned by the English. And while he was locked up, a truce was agreed upon and the prisoners of war were released. The alternate version is that his ransom was paid, well, it was pretty low, I hear, and he was released, and the truce didn't happen until later. We do not actually know how Olivier was sprung, but we do know that in January of 1343, the truce of Malestroit was signed between England and France, one of many that would be signed during the war. Olivier and 15 other Breton lords were invited to a tournament on French soil. And as it was technically now peacetime between the two countries, the Breton lords assumed that things would be on the up and up. Yeah, but, because there's always a but, King, <laughs> King Philip VI now, too, believing that Olivier was a traitor, ordered him arrested at the tournament. Charles did just that 
and sent the captive to Paris, where he was tried for treason. On August 2nd, 1343, there was a totally bogus and one-sided trial. Other than Charles' suspicion as to why the ransom was that low, there was no actual proof of guilt found against Olivier. But he was sentenced to death and executed by beheading. And things didn't actually end there. They got worse. Uh, His body and his head were shipped to different regions of France and put on public display as a warning to others. The desecration of his corpse was considered shameful. That kind of thing was normally only reserved for common criminals. It was not something that happened to people of the noble class. So Jeanne was not only grief-stricken over losing her husband, a man that she had legitimately married for love, but she was now also angry and humiliated at his treatment post-mortem. His body was strung up by the armpits at the gallows of Montfaucon in Paris as a warning to others. And enraged, Jeanne and her two sons, Geoffrey and Olivier, went to see the other gruesome display. That was Olivier's head on a pike in Brittany's capital of Nantes. Then she rallied support. She sold everything. She sold her jewels, her clothing, the furniture that decorated the family's castles, and she sold all her land. With the money she raised, she bought three ships and built a pirate fleet. She wasn't seeking pirate treasure, though. She was a widow and a mother of seven children, and she was seeking her own kind of justice. Upon Olivier's execution by the king, Jeanne did not remarry, as her social status may have suggested. Instead, she did all of this that Maria just described, and she got into the revenge business. She wanted revenge on Charles de Blois, on the king of France, and on France itself. She built what became known as the Black Fleet, comprised of three black ships with red sails. A fleet, it's said, that struck terror into the hearts of French sailors throughout her 13-year-long career plundering French warships in the English Channel. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Man, that is a career of revenge right there. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She named her flagship My Revenge. An alternate version of this story adds an additional element to her revolt. So... Before taking to the seas, it said she assembled other discontented nobles, and together they raged a bloody rampage against the king's followers, killing all the royal nobles they could find as they rode across the battlefield. While she may or may not have begun her campaign against the French on land, Jeanne was as ruthless as any other pirate at sea. She developed a reputation for vengeance and cruelty and was nicknamed the Lioness of Brittany. It said she and her pirate crew would attack French ships and kill the French crews. According to legend, she would personally behead anyone of nobility who was found on board. Typically, pirates would have kept aristocrats for ransom, but as we've said, Jeanne was not seeking wealth. Some versions of her legend report that she would leave one, perhaps two, sailors alive just to tell the story. Other versions suggest that no one got out alive and that all of the ships that she attacked, she also sank. Jin's life as a pirate is sometimes split into two piratey pieces. So first, as we know, she was an independent pirate with her own fleet of ships and a loyal crew. 
But some accounts also reference an alliance she established with the English, possibly as a privateer, to keep French ships out of the English Channel. She also used the Black Fleet to ferry supplies to English troops fighting in France. Jeanne continued her battle even after her royal rival, King Philip VI, died. She remained allied against the French, and when it comes to whether or not she got her revenge on Charles de Blois, well, she didn't. The man who started the rumors that eventually killed her husband was killed and his army was defeated in the Battle of Aure in 1364, which was a deciding battle in the War of Breton Succession. The war eventually concluded with the Treaty of Gironde in 1365, when Jean Montfort's heir was officially recognized by France as ruler of Brittany. So she did marry once more, although there actually isn't much written about it. In 1356, soon after ending her life of piracy, she married Gautier de Bentley, who had been one of the King of England's military deputies. Sir Bentley, for his service, had been rewarded with land and castles. The most common end to a pirate story doesn't look like this. Jin's story ends where she settles in one of those castles in a port town on the Brittany coast, and it's there she died in 1359. So, we can discuss revenge in the groggery today? We can, in fact. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to think about putting something together that felt like it referenced Jeanne's obvious fire. Because you don't go on a revenge trek for 13 years unless you really, really (laughs) uh, got a lot of passion for the project. And so... This cocktail is called Red Sails. I'm so glad that you went with the Black Fleet. Like, when I was reading how she <laughs> painted up her ships and the Red Sail, I was like, that's got to be something to behold. That's evocative. <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. it's evocative. So this is called Red Sails, and it is a red cocktail. And it starts with an ounce and a half of cinnamon whiskey. Oh, my God, I'm with you right here. you you might not be because i'm gonna commit a crime further down for what i know to be your taste but in fact so far so good (laughs) yeah so it's one and a half ounces of cinnamon whiskey one half ounce of grand marnier one half ounce of simple syrup and one half ounce of lemon juice and you're gonna pour that into your shaker shake it with ice then strain it over ice and you will top that with cranberry So it's a beautiful red. You get cinnamon flavor. You get that Grand Marnier, like that candied orange flavor Mm -hmm. with some smoke on it. I know Maria does not always love mixing citrus with cranberry, which is the the crime I just We actually just talked about that before. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's got other friends in there. I'd give it a try. (laughs) Yeah. It's got enough going on. And particularly the cinnamon whiskey does a thing. That doesn't so much do what I think you don't like about that mixture of of citrus and cranberry. But it is, it's a very, um, oh, it's a delicious one. It has sort of a nice sensation of like drinking a red hot in cocktail form. (laughs) I loved those. (laughs) But for people that don't like drinks that taste like alcohol, you're set because you get the cinnamon flavor, but the whiskey is overwhelmed in its 
that sort of burning whiskey flavor by everything else. <laughs> Burned by the cinnamon flavor. <laughs> yes. Now, if you want to make a non-alcoholic version of this, what I would do is, instead of that cinnamon whiskey, start with like an ounce of cinnamon syrup. If you can't find cinnamon syrup where you are, you can literally just make simple syrup. And remember, that's an easy formula. It's like one cup of sugar to one cup of water, and you can add cinnamon to it. If you have cinnamon sticks, it's even better. And <laughs> boil that together and let the, the sugar dissolve and then strain off any sticks if you use sticks in it, and then you're, you're golden. So you can use that. A little bit of orange syrup to get that Grand Marnier mm -hmm. in there. Again, if you don't have orange syrup, you could also put a little orange juice in. That's totally fine. Keep your simple syrup and your lemon juice and your cranberry, and you get a very similar flavor. It's a little lighter because that cinnamon whiskey, it's got a lot of flavor on it. Like, it's unmistakable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know that you can perfectly replicate what that does to your palate, but it'll be pretty close. And that is Red Sails. Uh, I must say, I am loving right now. So... At the end of the season, we do our top three drinks. And I obviously have not ha tried this one yet because we just started talking about it. But just based on ingredients, I'm like, well, that could be on the top three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, I haven't even had it yet, but <laughs> we will see. It did turn out nicely. And it's one of those ones that when you drink it, think of Jeanne de Clisson and her <laughs> anger. And the 13 years. Yes. And it's sort of oddly satisfying to like drink it and think of her. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. It's fiery. Yes. It feels right for her legacy. If you make it, we hope you love it. And we want to thank you once again for spending this time with us this week. We will be right back here next week. And in the meantime, we can't wait for more Criminalia. We're getting near to the end of pirate season, so get ready. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. 
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.